0: Well, I want to start off with the scripture. It's not going to be on your screen, but it's just been uh, pretty powerful to me lately. Galatians six nine, it says, "Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up." Let us not become weary. And doing good. Because at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if you do not give up. I have a uh, quote that's right above my desk in the office that a lot of times I write a lot of messages in my office. And the quote is this, and I got it at Hobby Lobby years ago. I think probably around the time where we started the church. The quote is this, is, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And so every time I read the Bible, anytime time I'm writing a message, I'm thinking this quote. If it's not challenging me, then it's not changing me. When we read God's word, if it doesn't challenge us, then, then there's no changes that's going to happen. But what if we don't want to change? I would love to say that I like the process of God changing me from, from the inside out and challenging me and constantly working on me and making me more like Jesus as opposed to more like Neil. I would love to say that, but a lot of times that's frustrating, it's hard, it's, it's, it's weary. But if it doesn't challenge you, then it doesn't change you. And so today we're going to talk about how God is Jehovah Magan even in the midst of challenges. That he's protecting us, he's leading us, he's guiding us. When you're walking through challenges is actually more of an opportunity to step into God's provision. God as your shield. It's even more of an opportunity. A lot of times when we get into a challenge, we think that we're doing something wrong. But the truth of the matter is, is when we start to get challenged, our lives start to change and we have to rely more on Jesus than we do ourselves. And that's really good. So Jehovah Magan, which means that he is our shield. In the midst of challenges, God will protect you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will protect you. It means he's our shield. What a shield means is it's actually going in front of us. A shield is in front of us and is protecting us from the darts. The Bible says that the enemy comes with darts, the darts of the enemy. And so when the darts of the enemy come, we have the shield of God right in front of us. And a lot of times it feels like challenges are darts and we're receiving all these darts ourselves, and we're taking all these arrows ourselves. But what I'm here to tell you today is that God wants to be your shield in the midst of your challenges. He hasn't left. He's still there. He's still your shield. And you see that in the book of 1 Kings where we have Elijah. We're looking at the story of Elijah, one of the most. Um, peculiar prophets in the Bible, like just a really interesting character of your Bible. And so Elijah has this word from God, and that's what prophets would do, is they would receive a word from God, and then they'd go and they'd tell kings or a town or a group of people this word from God. And so Elijah has a word from God that God is very upset with Ahab, the king, and his wife Jezebel, because they've actually told the people to start worshiping the God of Baal. And so what he does is he comes to the king and he says, you know what, God's going to actually just cause a drought over your land for the next, I don't know how long, but for a while. God's going to cause a drought over your land. And in the midst of that, God is going to become God over this country. So he he causes a drought and then he leaves And God takes care of him and he protects him and brings ravens to feed him. We talked about that last week, that ravens were bringing pieces of meat to Elijah in the wilderness. And we wondered, what kind of meat was that? We don't know, but ravens were feeding him. Well, now Elijah's getting ready to head back to Ahab and actually tell him, here's what's going to happen next. So he starts this big thing with the king and his wife. And says, there's going to be a drought. And now Elijah's getting ready to come back. Is 1 Kings 18, 16. So Obadiah went and went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. So Ahab wanted to meet with Elijah. Hey, there's been this drought. Something's got to change. This is really challenging times. So he sends Obadiah to go meet with Elijah, And when Elijah, when he saw Elijah, when Ahab saw Elijah, he said, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? <laughs> Is that you, you troubler of Israel? All Elijah did was do what the Lord had called him to do. All he did was follow through on what God had provided for his word to, to Ahab. And Ahab says, you're a troubler of Israel. What a put down, right? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. But you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. And have followed the Baals. Baals' commands. So at this point in time, Israel's condition... What Ahab was in charge of was they had completely fallen away from God. They had 450 prophets of Baal to their God. Elijah is the last remaining prophet. Jezebel had went throughout the land and tried killing all of the prophets of God. There was corruption. It was a nation that was ruined. Hearts were alienated from God. They had completely fallen away from God being their God, Jehovah being their God. Hearts are hardened to God. There was a three year drought. If there was a three year drought, hearts are going to be hardened to God. What in the world happened, especially in Iowa? (laughs) We need our rain, don't we? There's a three-year drought. Hearts are hardened to God. Elijah comes and says, I'm not the troubler of Israel. It's you. You're the one that has actually caused all this to happen. Ahab, Jezebel. Verse 19 says, now summon the people from all all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel, And bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asher, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? Elijah says, how long will you waver between two opinions? You got 450 prophets of Baal, and you got Elijah saying, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. He's talking to the people of Israel, the people that are undecided I don't really know which direction to follow right now because the king's telling me and his wife is telling me that this is the direction that I'm supposed to pursue. And then he's got Elijah on the other hand that's saying like, how long are you gonna waver between these two opinions? Could God be God? Could Jehovah be Jehovah and Baal be Baal? Which one are you gonna follow? Which direction do you wanna go in your life? But look at what the people say. The people said nothing. They say nothing. There's no answer. How long do you want to waver between two opinions? They wanted to keep the door open. They want to keep the door open because I don't know what's going to happen yet. Bill could be right. I kind of got to ask that question today, you know, like, how long do we want to waver between two opinions? What our culture tells us is really valuable and important or what God says is really valuable and important? Which one do we want to go down? Which road do we trust? Which road leads to life and everlasting life and which road leads to death and just stress and burnout? Which one is it? So Elijah comes and he brings his word to the people and they say nothing. want to keep that door open. Cassius Clay, one of the greatest boxers to ever box, right? Muhammad Ali, he hated flying. He would not fly in a plane. He wouldn't fly. So what he did when they finally got on the flight, he went to Rumble in the Jungle, which was like one of the biggest events ever put on. It put Africa on the map, and it was like this beautiful thing that just totally enhanced, like, you can do this. You can go over there, and they, he brought a ton of uh, income to the, to, the, to the nation. It was just this beautiful thing, rumble in the jungle. So he put it on the map, but he had to fly to get there. And so what he would do is he would get on the plane with a parachute on his back. <laughs> and he, back then, you could fly with, the, well, when you're Muhammad Ali, you can fly with a parachute on your back. And I kind of see that in this question that Elijah says, like, how long do you want to waver between like what the culture says is really important and what it tells you you need and you should desire, or which one do you want to go after? What God says is really important, what he says to value and what he says you should desire. You know, how many Christians walk around with parachutes on our back? How many of us just like, okay, I'm all in. And this is what God was inviting people into. He's a three-year drought. Hey, I want to be your God once again, God of the Old Testament. I want to be your God. I want to save you. I want to rescue. You. I want to be Jehovah again. Take off the parachute. Get on the plane. Trust me. Amen. We're done. No. Verse 22, then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. You may feel alone at your job. Come on. You may feel alone like you're the only one here with some values and morals and common sense. (laughs) You may feel alone at your school. You may feel alone in your family. My family doesn't get this. They don't understand what we're doing today. Have no idea why we value this so much. No idea. You may feel alone. You can identify with Elijah. There's 450 prophets of Baal. And I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left. Get two bowls for us and let Baal's prophets choose for themselves and let them cut into pieces and put it on wood, but do not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bowl and put it on wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God." It's the ultimate showdown, guys. Here it is. You get your bull. I'll get my bull. We'll make a fireplace for it. We're not going to light it on fire. You call on your God. I'm going to call on my God. Then the people said, what you say is good. Now Israel's a little, I'm getting ready to take off that parachute. I'm getting ready to trust a little bit in God. You know, who's going to stand up today? Who's going to stand up? Who's the Elijah in the room? Who wants to stand up at the workplace? Like, this isn't right. This isn't working. You guys, I've been down this road. It doesn't work. Who wants to stand up and like take the Bible and the truth of the Bible and actually bring it? Who wants to stand up at the gym? Man, we shouldn't talk like that. I can't believe he said that. Like this is, man, that's a good person. Elijah is the one who stands up and then people are finally like, okay, maybe it is God. Let's have the ultimate showdown with our God versus the culture. Baal is another word for culture. Baal is another word for culture. So whatever the culture is telling us and forcing on us, you have to believe this. Baal is another word for culture. Let's have an ultimate showdown what the Lord can do and what the culture tells us to do. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Go ahead, you guys got a first shot. Since there are so many of you, (laughs) There's 450 prophets standing around. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given to them and prepared it. Then they called the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us. They shouted, but there was no response and no one answered. And they danced around and around the altar that they had made. I love this. Talk about Elijah having God as his shield. Verse 27, And noon, Elijah began to taunt them. (laughs) I I told you this last week, I'll say it again. Elijah was one of those warrior prophets. He trusted the Lord to protect him as he stood up to what wasn't right. And he pushed the issue. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is God. Perhaps he is in deep thought, or he's busy, or maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's he is sleeping, and you must he must be awakened. So they listened to Elijah, and they shouted louder, and they slashed themselves with swords and spears, and. As it was their custom until their blood flowed and midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the the time of the evening sacrifice. But check this out. But there was no response. There was no answer. And no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, Come here. Come here. You've tried everything else, haven't you? Haven't you tried everything else? Come here. You've seen what you can do. You've seen what you can do in your own strength. You've seen what you can do in your own power. You've seen what the culture tells you you should be doing. Come here. Going back to Galatians 6, 9... Let us not grow weary. Jesus says, come here all of you who are weary and I will give you rest. Elijah says, come here. You've seen what Baal offers. You've seen what you can get out of Baal. Come here. Remember God. Remember Yahweh. Remember Jehovah. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one from each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, You shall be Israel. I love that. He repairs 12 stones and sets them around as he's preparing this place for the Lord to light it on fire. He puts 12 stones around it in remembrance of the promises That God has always kept before when he gave Abraham a son in the midst of his old age because God had promised Abraham that his descendants were going to outnumber the stars in the sky. And so Elijah sets 12 stones around in preparation of this was a previous promise of God that God came through. He's not going to let me down. And sometimes we need to know that. We need to know the word of God because when we look at something we're facing a really hard challenge, we're like, man, I don't know, but we can go back to the word of God and we can go back to the promises of our past and go, he has bigger things for me. He's gonna come through this time like he did in the past. And so Elijah sets up the 12 stones With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And then he dug a trench around, large enough to hold two seas of seed. It's about two 25-pound bags of seed, so a pretty decent-sized trench around there. And he arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood. And then he said to them, Go fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Wait a second. Like, what are you doing, Elijah. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. And the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. What's four times three? So it's the previous promises of God, and then he has them fill up four jars of water. So this is what you've done in the past, God, but I know you're going to even do something bigger now. This is a new promise. This is a new story. This is a new thing that God wants to do. Go fill up four jars, four jars, four jars. The trench is full of water. The wood is full of water. The, the cow, the, the bull is, is drenched in water. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you are Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil. Not even a stone could stand in this fire. And it also licked up the water around the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrated on the ground and cried, The Lord, He is God. Now we got an answer. Now we have something to say. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Now we have something we can base everything on because we just seen this demonstration of fire. It burned up everything. Now God is God of Israel again. Now they're not silent. How many times do people forget that God is God? You know, it's hard to remember sometimes in the midst of fighting challenges, isn't it? that he's protecting us, that even in this challenging season, he is still Lord and and he, he hasn't left our side and he's still in the midst of all this. Let this passage be a great reminder to you that God will protect you. He is on the battleground with you. He is for you. He wants to be your shield today. In seasons of challenges from left and right, remember that God is in the midst of fighting alongside us. I'm asking myself today, though, why, Elijah, why pour water on something you're asking God to light on fire? Has anybody else been camping before? Have you ever tried lighting a bunch of wet wood? This is split wood. Why pour water on something you're trying to light on fire? Go get me another bucket. Get me four more. You know, let's make it 12. 12. It's going to be a miracle of God no matter how many buckets are dumped on it. Well, you think Elijah helped? He actually made it more of a challenge. It's going to be a miracle no matter how many buckets we dump on it. If God's going to come through, it's going to be in a miracle in a miraculous way, he's going to perform the miracle no matter how many buckets are dumped on it. No matter how wet the wood is, God's the one that's going to light it on fire. That's comforting. I just want to say that's, that's really comforting today because how many times do we just want to help God in every situation, in every circumstance that comes our way in our challenges? And God's like, will you just hand it over to me? It's going to be a miracle no matter how many buckets are dumped on it. So bring on the water. When it rains, it pours. Bring on the water in life. Pour some water on it. You know, today, here's some invites. Pour some water on your finances. Pour some water on your finances. When, when you're trying to get out of debt, when... When you're thinking about your retirement, how am I going to be in retirement? When you're not able to have a dependable car because, man, I'm just like these things. Dump some water on it and tithe. You want some truth? Pour out some water on your finances and tithe. It's going to be a miracle no matter how, no matter how wet it is. It's still a miracle that God lights it on fire. Throw some water on your relationships, your marriage. We don't get along. We don't really have time for each other. We've, we've made a mess of our, ma- our marriage. Then come to church as inconsistently as, as a family. Dump some water on it. Make some time. If you don't have any time, then make some time. It's going to be a miracle anyways. Plant a church downtown. <laughs> it's going to be a miracle anyways. Churches don't succeed. Plant a church downtown. Was it easy getting here this morning? Take the longer route next time. If you walk here, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Just pour some water on it. Dump out some buckets. If, if it's a challenging season, then man, God's the one that's going to come through, anyways. Isn't he? Isn't he the miraculous God? Isn't he the one that like rose from the grave? Isn't he the one that died on the cross that was sinless? Could you imagine living life sinless? That's a miracle. But he did it. Will you go to the next slide? I just have a question I just want to leave with you. Actually, let's hit this real quick. Matthew 17, 10. You want to read this with me? He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And so many Christians hold on to this verse as a sacred cow. If you have faith as a mustard seed, a mustard seed is where we were supposed to start with our faith. I'm looking for oak trees of faith that are producing acorns that are just spreading out like wildfire of faith. And so we can start with mustard seed, yes, but God wants to replenish us and build us up enough remember elijah had three years in the wilderness of trusting the lord three years of trusting him and so i just want to end with this with this we're not going to go to the last one yes so go ahead since (laughs) since when did impossible stop god go ahead and say that with me since when did impossible stop god when did impossible become this thing that god's like man i can't help you in that I can't be there for you. I can't protect you in that. When did impossible stop God? The number one challenge you are going to face, I'm going to give it to you right now, right before we leave. The number one challenge you're going to face is consistency. That is the number one challenge people face today. They start to grow in their faith, they start to grow in their community, they start to grow in God, they start to get a build build a relationship up with the Lord, and then consistency comes and wipes them out, and then they have to start all over again. You start all over again, you're starting all over again, you're starting all over again, starting all over again. Because our culture tells us that it's just not a value. And so we start to worship Baal. What, is it, what, what should I value then, Baal? Consistency. Oak trees. I used to be in the tree business. I'm not a licensed arborist, but I could tell you how to remove a tree, and you can do all the work. Oak trees. The, some of the oak trees you see in the Quad Cities, that the, are like the really nice ones that you want in your yard, they're 120 years old. It takes them 100 years to actually get to that point. And so here's the challenge today. Choose to be consistent. Be consistent in your faith. Be consistent in in reading God's word and standing on the promises of God. Be consistent in a church community. If it's not this one, then find one to be consistent in consistency is where you grow, it's where you plant roots, it's where you develop, it's how God uses us. I think so many people are like Elijah, and they get in that three-year hump, and then they're like, I got to go and do something else, because this isn't working. And I'm telling you, I've, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I've been in two churches in the last 20 years of my life, and this one, because I planted it, and the other one, 12 years. So if you want to talk about consistency in churches, I want to tell you this, that growth only happens after five years of being in a community. The impact that you want to make in your local community happens after five years of being there. Somebody told me that when I came on staff as a worship director, and it was the most true thing someone's ever said. And so consistency, God, I want to be consistent. I want to grow. Stay rooted, stay planted. Be consistent. Make this a priority. Make this community a priority. Make this a value of life, and you will be surprised at how you will be able to work through challenges. I'm not going anywhere, I'm just going to work through challenges. That's how you dump water (laughs) on challenges. Let's pray.
1: I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. I believe in you, sing it church, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles.
0: What I'd love for us to do is I want us to sing that again. I want you to sing that over your career right now. I want you to sing that over your marriage right now. I want you to sing that over really broken relationships right now. I want you to sing that over your business right now. I want you to sing that over your finances right now. God wants to be the God of miracles. And we can just take off our parachutes and just say, I believe in you, I believe in you. Go ahead and stand up. I
1: believe in you. Just sing it again. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Sing it again. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The God who was. The God who was and is to come. The power of the risen one the god who brings the dead to life he's the god of miracles the god of miracles sing that one more time the god who was and is to come the power of the risen one right here the god who brings the dead to life He's the God of miracles, God of miracles. Sing it, church, old school. I believe in you. Come on. I believe in you. You're the the God God of miracles. miracles. Over everything right now. I believe in you. I believe in you. you. You're You're the God.
0: Just seal that, God, right here, right now, right in this moment, Lord. Let not the culture change this uh, decision, this transformation, this heart of going, yes, yes, God is God. God is Yahweh. God is Jehovah. He is the king of kings over my life. Let nothing come our way this entire week, Lord. Give us strength, to continue to grow, to put deep, deep roots. Lord, give us good soil to plant roots in, in our life, in our career, in our business, in our family, Lord. Give us great soil to plant roots in, Lord, to to grow us, to be consistent at pursuing you, a long obedience in the same direction, looking to you, Jesus, as our author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Amen, guys.